Welcome back to the Unison Church podcast, and we are continuing our series on 1 Corinthians today. I've been doing a couple interviews with people. Uh, I started interviewing the people that were walking through the book with me, which has been a really neat opportunity. So today I got the opportunity to talk with somebody that walked through the book of 1 Corinthians with me. We did a life group on it, and uh, we heard from one last episode, and now we're hearing from another person. And we've been having a lot of conversations about it in the background, and we had a lot of cool conversations in our study. So today we're kind of going to reach back to that a little bit and talk about it. But I'm here with uh, my friend Patty, and I'm going to give you an opportunity to just introduce yourself and tell us about your experience at Pond Hill so far. Well, I'm Patty. Um, I'm from Ecuador. I came to the United States like uh, maybe 20, 30 years ago. I know Pond Hill when I was 15, when Pond Hill was Hamden Baptist Church. Mm. And uh I remember when we came back to the United States, um, we received a, a mail package from the church. And in the time, we were going to another church, and we weren't, um, I would say, happy with the church because it was too far, very difficult to go over there. And we decided to go to Pond Hill to see, and we discovered that it was the church that I was going when I was 15. And we love the atmosphere and the people. And my parents decided to, even though they didn't speak the language, <laughs> they decided to stay in Pond Hill. And since then, it's like 17 years since. That's awesome. Yeah. I actually yeah. didn't know that you went to Hamden Baptist at one point. Yeah, I was. Um, actually, I was. Uh, we we visit. We visited in the time like for my fifth. My well. In Ecuador, you celebrate the sweet 15, right, right. not the sweet 16. Okay. So my gifts were like, do you want to come to the United States and visit the family and go to New York? Okay. Or you want the party? Got it. So I say, oh, I want, I want the, the trip, but I still got the party. Nice, nice. <laughs> So uh, we visited, and my aunt, uh, Lori, she used to, I think she's one of the founders of mm -hmm. the church. She was in the church when they started and everything. So yeah. the thing with my family, you know, we are Christians since, well, I'm Christian since, they uh, they presented me in the church. Mm -hmm. So in the time, I was like, why we have to go to church mm -hmm. when we are in the trip? So and that was one of the prerequisites. We're going to to New York. We're going to Connecticut, but we're still going to church. We're still right. doing the right stuff. So nice. Because my aunt used to go here. I I used to go when I was fifteen. We, we did. A, I used to go to Heritage School because even though I was in vacation, I still have to go to call uh, to the high school because <laughs> because you know it's Heritage. It's, you know, like I have to do it because they, they have classes. I have to go no matter what, no matter what, if it's a vacation in my country or not. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. How long were you here for that trip? Do you remember? Oh, I think three to four months, I think. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. Because uh, practically I stay here all my vacation time in Ecuador. I stay here. Okay. So well, no more, I think. 
because we have as a as a tourist visa you can stay six months okay i think maybe four four to five i think so got it wow so you were here for a long time for that trip oh yeah 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 it was it was it was an experience (laughs) so yeah because we we have family in, in in miami we have family in florida so we used to go to them on my father's side. Mm-hmm. And my mother said, let's visit my sister. And that's why when we came here. Yeah, mm-hmm. cool. So we had this opportunity to go through a life group together mm-hmm. um, and it was us and it was you know a handful of other people and we were walking through first corinthians and i know we had a lot of cool conversations during mm-hmm. that time um, there were some really cool opportunities to discuss some difficult topics um, and also talk about some really relevant just like life stuff as well which i i had a really good time with a life group i do too i do too yeah, I, I enjoyed it uh, a lot. I think this one was a a special one because of the people that were in it. Mm-hmm. We were already very close. Um, and so I think we had a lot of freedom to discuss things that don't always come up. So uh, so that was cool. But uh, in walking through First Corinthians, so I've just been asking people these questions. Mm-hmm. And um, the first one is just what was your favorite part of First Corinthians? And Well, there's several. But my favorite part is the part that says that we are bought by the blood of Jesus. Mm. That's my favorite part. And also, kind of the first the first two chapters, uh, the first two chapters and the chapters six and seven, because it, it tells you, you know, it, it's, it, you know, the Bible is alive. So the Bible, like you said, we were in a Bible study, but it, it touched us different. Yeah. So for me, the first the first chapters were really important because it tells you you don't have to lean in your own understandings. You have to lean in God's understanding, and that's for me very important because sometimes I let myself, you know, trying to help God with stuff that I have yeah. in mind. You know what I mean? Right. Right. It's like why. We don't do this in this way <laughs> instead of that way. You know what I mean? Yes. Try to let him control. And that's the way that uh, the chapter for, the chapter one and chapter two, when they tells you that you don't lean in your own understanding, you have to lean in God's understanding. Mm-hmm. That hits me. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of conversation about how, like, we're not, you know, we try to present ourselves as, like, wise. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and we do that. We tend to, you yeah. know... We tend, I, I, in my opinion, my in my personal opinion, yes. Um, I read a lot. I, I'm 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 overthinker, like I told you. So, mm. I'm the kind of person who thinks that knows what's best for me. Right. But in reality, it's not true. God knows what's best for me. Yeah. And I have to learn that. Yeah, and it's often he's very disruptive sometimes, right? Yeah. And yeah, and I think that's um, right now in my life. Um, I'm. It's kind of funny. Um, I feel like every time that I have a Bible study, it's like God's talking directly to me. Mm-hmm. And when we started to do Bible studies, it's always like my life goes 
parallel to the Bible study, and yeah. there's some stuff in my, my my personal life that I'm living, and it's like God's telling me, look, <laughs> right, it, this is what you're doing wrong right now, mm. and in in this moment of my life, that's what I'm living right now. Like in that time, I was living like I want to do certain stuff in a certain way, and reading this is like God practically is lecture me. Mm. You know what I mean? And so if you remember I wasn't happy some of the days that I went to the Bible study. It was a little it was a little conflicted. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Totally, yeah. It was really timely. And I think Corinthians the nature of Corinthians being that Paul is writing this like corrective letter to the Corinthian people, mm-hmm. it does have that tinge of like you said, kinda like lecturing where it's like, hey, here's here's where you're doing something wrong. Mm-hmm here's, you know, what God desire, what God's desire is for you, um, in this instead. And so it does have like a harshness to it mm-hmm. that is a little uncomfortable. It's, it's kind of like a, a, a father or, or, or like a parent lecture you and sitting you down and be like, this is, this is wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and you're supposed to do this. <laughs> right. Right. I mean, it, it says that we actually read that verse this Sunday too, um, in uh, chapter four, right, where Paul literally says in verse 15, for you have countless instructors in Christ, but you don't have many fathers for I've begotten, mm-hmm. for I've become your father in Christ Jesus through the gospel. Mm-hmm. Um, and therefore I urge you to imitate me. And Paul is kind of taking this fatherly role yes, in the book. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, the, the one that I, I like the most, and that's why the one that I practically convicted me the most, let I me mean, just find that. Okay, yeah, it's like, and my and my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and the power, so that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Mm. You know what I mean? That was kind of like give me like the chills, you know, because I, like I said, it, it's hard. It's hard to hear that. Yeah. When when you think that no, I'm I think I'm I'm fine. I can do that. Or, and it's like no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You have to rely on God's power. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. That could be a tough a tough thing because we like to, like you said, kind of help him out. You know? Yeah, I try to help him out all the time. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm like, uh, what do you think about this? <laughs> You know, especially in in my personal life, it's 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 difficult to hear it. It's difficult to hear it. Yeah, you know? for sure, mm-hmm. for sure. I always like to ask this verse because like you said you know the the bible is alive that's mm-hmm. kind of what, how it talks about itself and the idea is that every time you grapple with um the scripture mm-hmm. oftentimes you see new things mm-hmm. that maybe you didn't see before or maybe they weren't they didn't hit quite the same mm-hmm. and now you're having this fresh fresh vision for it so i always like to ask the question what's the most surprising part of first corinthians for you this time around yes like i told you um my surprise party is chapter six. Let me just find okay. it. I will tell you right now. It's, it's, I don't know, maybe I'm interpreted in a different way. I think it's in 19. So 
it's like what know ye that your body is a temple of the holy ghost which is in you which ye have a uh, god and ye are not your own for ye are bought with a price therefore glorify god in your body and in your spirit and which are god's that's my mm -hmm. surprising is like we are bought by his price yeah and reading in the chapter seven also says that because we are bought by his blood yeah um we we are in his plans Mm -hmm. You know, let me, uh, I, I, it's a better way to uh, found it the way. For me, I feel like it's telling me, you know, you are bought by the, this, the blood of Jesus. And uh, it's not your will what you have to follow. It's my will because I know better for you. Mm. My plans are better for you. Sure. You know what I mean? It's, sure. That's why I feel like, I don't know, Probably you 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 see it in a different way, but in my in this moment of my life, I feel like I have to follow His will. Right, right. Even though my will is different, mm -hmm. I feel like the plans is like because I I'm thinking like I'm always praying and I would say, Lord, I want this in my life. Right. I'm, like I said, I'm an overthinker. I'm a planner. Sure. I see my life. I plan my life when I was younger and anything that I plan is never never how do you say in English never flourish sure so I have to learn what it, I have to learn to be content with his with his will yeah because I even remember when we were in in the Bible study we saw a video mm -hmm. and the lady said that we're supposed to follow God's plans, not our plans. And it's not what we want, it's what he wants. And if, even like coming to the United States wasn't my plans. Sure. So even we have to accept the season that we are. Yeah. And and she was saying, for you probably in, in, my, in my personal life, I, I'm going to mix my personal life with what she said. It's like, you are in the place that you are. You are, like, for example, I'm in the United States for a reason, even though I didn't want to be in the United States. My life was planned in Ecuador. Sure. So my life was different of what I thought. Mm -hmm. So I'm here in the United States for a reason. Mm -hmm. I'm living the life. <laughs> I'm going to get a little. I'm living the life that I didn't want to live for a reason. Mm. And I have to accept it. Sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. So this is the first time I see this. I read First Corinthians several times and I never see that before. Yeah. I never see that. And it's funny that um, at the same time, there's a, a verse in, uh, I, I don't remember if it's in Isaiah, that says, um, oh, I forgot. Um, the plans of the Lord are better for us. Mm -hmm. uh, it's his plans for prospering. His plans, you know. Yeah, yeah, in Jeremiah. Jeremiah, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and, and at the same time, I was reading this and I was doing my Bible study. Both collides at the same time. Sure. Do you know what I mean? So, this is not what I, I expected in my life, but it's what God wants me to be. Hmm. And so this is kind of like th this hits me a lot. Yeah. 
You know, that was my surprise. And like he bought us with the price of the blood. So he has plans for us that maybe are not the same plans that we have. Sure. But they are better plans for us. Yeah. And we just have to be content and be still and let him work. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? That that hits me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That surprised me. Because I thought, like, you know, even the Bible told you too, like, is uh, as and you shall receive, knock and it will be open, you know, or, or seek and you will find. And you always pray and you say, Lord, I want this, 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 this in my life, right? But yeah. maybe the same things that I ask are not the same things that He He has planned for me. Sure. And that's what kind of surprised me. And I never see this before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you mentioned first Corinthians seven too. And I think there's such a beautiful, um, reality there mm -hmm. that connects to what you're saying in uh, chapter seven, verse 24, um, brothers and sisters, wherever each person was called mm -hmm. there and abide with God. I like the, the, the King James rendering of that. Um, and essentially, you know, Paul in first Corinthians seven is talking about like relationship status. Mm -hmm. So whether you're married or not married, um, and he goes into this and in like whether you're, you're a slave or you're a free person, whether you're circumcised or uncircumcised, like wh mm -hmm. whatever situation in, in which you're called, there you're supposed to uh, abide with God. And and that's one of that's the part that I see it in a different way. Like, like I yeah. said, uh, you have to abide in His will. You have to abide in His plan. Right. Uh, you have to uh, accept what is your life now. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah, I think the reality of 1 Corinthians 7 is like, where is your attention? Like, what are mm -hmm. you valuing more? Are you valuing, like, your own plans for your life? Mm -hmm. Or are you content, and you even said the, this word, are you content with just God? Mm -hmm. And learning to con is? be content. Yes. Yeah, yeah, totally. And that's kind of what 1 Corinthians 7 is mm -hmm. about, is like, you know, you're making this big deal about married not married whatever but really like our first priority should be abiding with god abiding with, with god him. and yeah. abiding to his own will and his own understanding yeah yeah, yeah. and i th i think that um you know when you start getting into like plans and what is mm -hmm. and uh is not god's plan it's sometimes really difficult to discern mm -hmm. and i do think he gives us wiggle room like we can abide with god but and make different decisions and and we can make and we can abide with them regardless of which decisions we make you know i think yes i i think um that's another verse that i have in here <laughs> he let us he he gave us a leeway he yeah. he gave us like a free will and he let us uh play around in it mm -hmm. until he say oh no you're gonna have to stop <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know right. what i mean exactly there's like a boundary and that's and that's what first Corinthians six is all about mm -hmm. right because he's saying like you're your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, mm -hmm. therefore glorify God in your body, for you're not your own, you're mm -hmm. bought with a price, right? Um, and that whole, the context of that is that, um, like, prostitution was like a really big mm -hmm. thing in Corinth because there were like temple prostitutes and it was how they would worship mm -hmm. false gods, right? And for Paul, that's like totally out of bounds. Mm -hmm. And the reason it's out of bounds is because your body belongs to God. So and, you, and, and besides that your body belongs to God, we're supposed to be uh, like, we one person, right? Yeah. And right. there's there's part one part in the Bible that tells you, like the 
Samaritan woman when she's when he told her, mm-hmm. "You are not having just one husband; you have five different husbands." Oh, sure, and, yeah. And, and you are you are neither of them are your husband either. Yeah. So when when you being a prostitute, how many husbands? Do you have? How many people do you? Buy? Yes, right, right, yeah, you know right. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Was... No, that's 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 a big sub theme mm-hmm. of the prohibitions in First mm-hmm. Corinthians because he's like, well, you're, you know, you're gonna take the temple of the spirit mm-hmm. and you're gonna make yourself one with a prostitute. So are you not then making the Holy Spirit one with the prostitute? And that just sounds and, not and, right, right? And our body is the temple of the Lord because we're part of the church. So. It, you you should treat your body you should treat your mal body as as a temple yeah you know? right yeah and, and actually that's one of my challenge mm-hmm. parts of the of the chapter yeah because also tells you um i would tell in the challenge for yeah ten twenty three that's why i tell you like he gave us a uh of the free will he gave us a leeway but at the same it tells you all things are lawful for me, but all things are not expedient. Mm, yeah, all expedient, thi- yeah. yeah. All things are lawful for me, but all things are not edify me or edify me not. Right, So right. that's kind of challenge for me because, like you said, we are living in a sin, sin world, and right. sometimes the sin attracts you. Yes, definitely. And he led us, like, like I told you before, he led us, he gave us a leeway. He said, yeah, you know, you want to try that. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead and try it. And then you're like, okay, you need to stop. <laughs> yes, right. Well, we actually have had this conversation now. Um, By the in conviction, three, yeah. three of the different podcasts mm-hmm. that we've approached this particular passage. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like two, I guess, competing ways to interpret the passage. Mm-hmm. You, can, you get to the same place either way, but um, in... Uh, in my translation here in the CSB, they have mm. um, everything is permissible or mm-hmm. everything is lawful for me. Mm. They have it in quotation marks as if it was like something that the Corinthians said to Paul. And then Paul is like, no, not everything is permissible, but n- n- everything is not beneficial. Mm-hmm. So like that's not like you could do it, but it wouldn't be helpful for you, mm-hmm. which is the would be like maybe the plain reading mm-hmm. without. Or it's like you say that everything is lawful, but I'm telling you. Not really. Yeah. There's some out of bounds. Either way, you get to this place where it's mm-hmm. like, okay, there are certain things you probably shouldn't do. And and it's true. Actually, the the Holy Spirit convicts you. Yeah. Is is in your opinion or in your will to follow what the Lord the the Holy Spirit uh, convicts you? And no, sometimes you're like, nah, let me right. let me keep trying to see what's going on in here. Yes. Until the Lord is like, no, you're not trying anymore. I stop you right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know I and I, I have that experience. So, right, right. Uh, and it's true what you say. It's like it's telling you everything is lawful, but not everything edify you. Right. And so you know... As as a Christian, you know that it's not good for you to do it, but you're still right. doing it. Yeah. And and he's trying to tell you, yeah, you you could do it because right. the Lord let you do it. You have a free will. Right. But that doesn't mean that you need to do it. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Is there is a big difference too between how like Paul is talking about mm-hmm. this concept versus how say like the Old Testament law would mm-hmm. be talking about this mm-hmm. concept? Um, because there's a new reality mm-hmm. as um believers mm-hmm. because we're bought with a price because mm-hmm. our body belongs to christ mm-hmm. 
And uh, because we're the temple of the Holy Spirit, there are certain things that when we do them, they're out of line Mm -hmm. with this new person that we become. So because we've become the temple of the Spirit, like there are certain behaviors that line up with that reality. Yeah. There are certain behaviors that are contrary to that. And so it's less of a like do this or don't do this. And it's more like you have been made a new person and you're trying to act that out Mm -hmm. um, as best as you can. And sometimes you go back to old ways of doing things, old ways of thinking. But, uh, but we're still like, we're still stepping in, in this earth. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I believe like, I, that's why God is a very merciful, very graceful God. Like, you know, I, I just, it's, it, every day is a new, is it's new mercies. Yeah. I don't know how to translate it in English. Well, no, that's right. That's right. <laughs> so I think that, yes, I'm, I seen in, uh, I, and I, Keep going to the same scene. You know what I mean? And he is still merciful and grateful with me that he forgive me every time. Yeah. You know? So, and that's why at first I would be like, when I was younger, I would be like, oh, why, why, why not God stop doing, like stop us doing the stuff that that we're supposed to do. Right. But now I understand we are weak Mm -hmm. and he's our stronghold. Yeah. So that's that's the way that I see it now. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's it's difficult. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, and even like Paul is getting at that too where he's saying like like at one point there's the um the passage about the man in the church that is um sleeping with his stepmother. <laughs> and he's saying like you guys are all arrogant and boastful about this. And he's not even talking about that guy in this in this part. He's like you guys are doing that and you shouldn't be like this. You should be like crushed that this is happening. Um, you have to acknowledge your weakness mm-hmm. as not just yourself, but also as a community uh-huh. that that, it, that you're not all together. You know. So I think that's a reality in Corinthians yeah. as well. Yeah. No, that's true. That's true. It, it's it, it's it's very it's a very conflicted chapter. <laughs> So very conf- it's very, it's like everything that is happening now, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's a very conflicted chapter, especially in my life. Like it's, it's too many things that, um, that kind of hit me in this chapter. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. For sure. So would you say that's like the challenging part too, is there? That's the challenge for me, the challenging part, I told you, um, the challenging part for me was uh, be bought by the price and at the same time accepting the plan of the Lord. Mm-hmm. And the second part, the second challenging part is is also this, to be, you know, how do I know, like, I know what's lawful, like, why it has to be everything lawful for you to do, but why not everything is edifying or or... Why not just the edifying parts uh, or, or like edifier things being lawful instead sure. of, you know, you know, like being stopped before you did something wrong? Yeah. You know, because sometimes when you get convicted and you and you did the stuff that you're not supposed to do, you feel guilty. And sure. he will forgive us. He is graceful with us. But I, I think us. We are not always. We are not. I still feel ashamed. I still feel. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I do something and I know it's not good and I'm still doing it and then the Lord stopped me mm-hmm. or the Lord the Lord 
in his way tell me, hey, and I know he caught me. Yeah. I feel guilty and I can't forget myself. Sure. And that's the part that says like, why I can't, I couldn't stop. Why? That's my challenge part. It's like, why has to be everything lawful? Why we have that free will in, mm. you know, being stopped? Why cannot be stopped before you sin? Oh, sure, sure. You know what I mean? So I don't feel guilty later. Yeah. I know he forgive me. Right. I know he showed me his love and forgiveness, but I can't forgive myself. Yeah. You know what I mean? Interestingly enough, Second Corinthians actually talks about the guilt that mm -hmm. the Corinthians felt after Paul wrote this letter. Because mm -hmm. like you said, you know, they they were involved in all this mm -hmm. stuff. And Paul writes this letter and they're broken up about it. You're, you are convicted because yeah. even when you're sinning, you are convicted and you know he's wrong. Right. But you're still doing it because you have the opportunity to do it right. until he stops you. Yeah. As soon as, in my life, I'm talking about opin in my opinion, as soon as I know he knows I did something wrong, I know he's telling me, you're wrong. Sure. Stop it. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? That's when I feel guilty. Yeah. That's when I feel like, why did I do that? Why did I, I couldn't stop myself? Right. You know what right. I mean? Yeah. And I, I know in that second Corinthians passage, he literally says like, you know, I'm glad for you feeling broken up, not so that you can feel mm -hmm. guilty, but so that you could have a godly remorse that leads to repentance. So I think sometimes the feelings of guilt are healthy, mm -hmm. which sounds bad because we always talk about guilt as bad, but I think maybe a different word for like remorse, mm -hmm. like feeling like, oh, well, you know, I, I messed up here, gives you a drive to, mm -hmm. to change a little bit. But I also like, I mean, you've already brought up the fact that, that God's mercies are new. Yeah, every morning. <laughs> and I think when it becomes dangerous is like if we feel guilty and we feel like God is being vindictive towards us, I know, um, I know not he's not vindictive to us. I, I learned that a long time ago, but because you are vindictive to yourself. Yes, totally. You feel, I, I feel that way. Like I punish myself. Yes. Right. You know, and I believe, even though I know it's not true, I believe that sometimes when I punish myself, he's punished me too. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It, it's, I know he's not. Right. But it's something that when I make a mistake, when I, when I fall, it bothers me, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I feel like if I can't forgive myself, why he can't forgive, why he forgive me? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And I think that that's, yeah, that's a common mm -hmm. struggle that a lot of us have is just like feeling forgiven by God. But one of the cool things, though, about the whole book of Corinthians is that it's written to people that are, like, already in. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, there's a there's an undertone of, like, yeah, you guys are already part of the family of God. And so let's figure out how to live in that reality. Mm -hmm. And so he talks about behavioral change, but but there's the, there is this underpinning of, like, yeah, you guys are the body of Christ, for instance, in 1 Corinthians 12 which is used as like an uh, opportunity to talk about all the ways that they're not being unified, mm -hmm. not loving each other, right? But just the premise, like you are the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. like you're in, even though you're messing it up, yeah. you're in the body of Christ, you know? And that is an interesting reality to, to, to kind of speak to what you're talking about because Paul is not saying, you know, you guys have to shape up or you're going to miss the boat. 
mm-hmm. you know, he he knows that they do need to repent, but at the same time, they're still united to Christ uh, in some way. And so, so yeah, it's interesting. You know, it is very much like a corrective thing, but it's a corrective inside of a existing relationship that's mm-hmm. not being broken uh, by by what the Corinthians are doing with maybe one or two exceptions. You know, there's the conversation about that man that we talked about earlier that was sleeping with his stepmother and mm-hmm. how he was supposed to be kicked out of the church. But even that's for the purpose of restoration long term. Um, but I, I believe that if, if he repents and he wants to come back, he, he could because the Lord right. will let him do it. Correct. Which yeah. is the whole point of that passage anyway, mm-hmm. right? Um, is to Is that at one point they would be dealt with outside of the church and then be reunited mm-hmm. to the church later. So yeah, it's all about restoration, right? So it's behavioral change so that we can restore mm-hmm. a, a, a relationship with God, but also with who we are now as the temple of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are part of the body of the of Christ, yes. Yeah, yeah, definitely. No, I think that's a really impactful thing to to go for because I think a lot of people are, are with you uh, when they read 1 Corinthians. It's hard. Yeah, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, and it hits like like eternal struggles that yes. were that have just been true for humans at all times right like it's talking about like sexual sin which mm-hmm. is i think always something that that humans are going to deal with just mm-hmm. because of the amount of chemicals that go into that process that are swirling around our heads mm-hmm. all the time right um but then it also talks about and like the, and and like you said it's is everything is lawful but not everything edify you. Sure. <laughs> so sure. yes, you could commit sexual sin. Right. And nobody stop you. Right. So until you're like, the Lord is like, nah, I don't think you should do that. <laughs> sure, sure. Or at least certain ones. Yeah. <laughs> Some of them you're gonna get stopped for. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, but 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 yeah, no, totally. But then it also talks about like having relationships with each other. And there's always like relational tension, right? Like yes. since the very first, I mean, Cain and Abel right off the bat are like, or even Adam throwing Eve under the bus, like from the very first humans. We we like do got, we tend to do that a lot. Yeah. Like uh, you're not accountable to your mistakes and you want to, you know, blame everybody else. Right. To, right. You know? Yeah. There's a lot of people that does that. You know, you yeah. don't, you don't, it's not my fault. It's your fault. Or, oh no, she went, she did it. Right. She gave me the, she gave me the apple. Yes. <laughs> you know I mean? Right. But then, but then first Corinthians 12 talks about how we even give honor to our less honorable parts of the mm-hmm. body. So it talks about like edifying each other. Like that's an eternal problem. That's mm-hmm. for humans as well. And then of course, like lack, just lack of love in general is in there where mm. it's like or relational status like that's got to be something that's from the beginning of time too you know like we're all that's that's my that's my question part <laughs> that's your question part. Yeah. all right well, well, well um and talking about that it's like that's why i believe um because we are one body in god i i believe that um i love my church i love my family yeah i believe that coming to church it's not just, uh, I believe it's, it's not just to glorify the Lord, mm-hmm. it's to edify each other, Yeah, you know? Because it's, it's sad to see people that you care and, and live in, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Because I consider every part of the church my family. Yeah. So when I come to church, it's because I know I'm going to get restored. I'm, I'm going to mm-hmm. get restored, I'm going to get edified i'm gonna get um how do you call it um 
there's going to be a person in church that could see me down mm-hmm. and could could worry about me and yeah. you know what I mean? Right. That's why I like the church. That's why I like my family. You guys are my family. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's all like that's what 1 Corinthians 12 is totally mm-hmm. about and mm-hmm. 13, right? Mm-hmm. Is that we're all the body and we're all needed. Yeah, we all need each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. For yeah. everything like you know uh to to be with the person to counseling the person to to embrace each other yeah. you know what i mean cuz one like i said in, in there is like one is a one is an eye the other one could be an ear uh, mm-hmm. the eye is important maybe yes. the, the ear not or the nose is not important but yeah, yeah. for god everybody is important yes. you know what i mean everybody yes. make a a co- uh sorry my english is not that <laughs> like good a, con- a contribution <laughs> Yeah, making, everybody yeah. contribute. Everybody mm-hmm. has their own way yeah. in the in the church. They, right. they everybody has an importance in the church. Yeah, yeah, the beautiful reality. Mm, it's a and beautiful it's, reality. and it's timeless. It's good for them two thousand years ago. It's mm-hmm. good for us now, and it'll be good two thousand years from now. You know, mm-hmm. um, talking about age old themes that are relevant for like every human mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. in First Corinthians, which I think is a really powerful part of this of this uh, passage so let's talk about more questions you hinted at some <laughs> well like i said i've been reading first corinthians since i was younger sure and uh in it's kind of funny the different cultures that you have in the Spanish culture, the English cultures. Sure. So when you read it in in my country, you know the submission of the wife to the husband. Mm. And reading it now, it says it's not just the wife's submission; it's the the husband's submission too to the wife. Mm. You know, that's those are the stuff that I kind of like. It's still my brain can't comprehend it. Mm. Because I always thought it was just like women submit to the husbands. Gotcha. And, um, you know, that 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 part, that chapter of the Bible is kind of like too many questions for me. Mm. Mm. That's or, fair. Or like the part that says, um, some parts in the Bible, and in some part of the Bible, God created Adam and he noticed that he was alone. And he, he says that he's not supposed to be alone. And he mm-hmm. makes Eve. Yeah. As a as a will helper for yeah. him, sure. But Paul tells you, yeah, you if you can get single and you stay single, stay single. And you're Don't good. get married. Yeah, right. Yep. <laughs> you're like, okay, why should I follow? <laughs> uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. It's like uh, that's you know, it's so many stuff that can cannot grasp in my mind. Like, yeah. Why? What part of my life I live? I don't know if the Lord is talking to me because of the part of the part the part of the life that I'm living right now that it wasn't important before. Right. But now it's important. So yeah. and I don't know what is His will for me because at the same time I told you the last time that we went to eat and I told you that I felt like it was telling me that we are bought by the price mm-hmm. and. We have to follow his plans. So sure. why should I pray for what I desire or what I yeah, want? Yeah. Sure. If it's not my plans to be. Ah, yeah. 
I get you. You, you know, like uh, that. when I was reading that, I was like, why should I pray? Because why the Bible tells you um, sh- uh, seek and you will find us mm-hmm. and you will receive. Right, right. When in, in here it tells you it's not your plans, it's my plan. So Sure, sure. Get used to it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I don't know. I think, first of all, let me track track down some of the passages that you were talking about because we, we went <laughs> I know, full I, gambit. I, I, <laughs> but I, I, re- I actually really like that you brought some of them are, I think are really intricately connected to First Corinthians and we ha- I haven't gotten the opportunity to talk about some of them. So I'm glad you that see, you brought them You see, that's my overthinking mind. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, like um, it's good that you know all those passages, you know, that you're familiar with that. But like you started in like Ephesians 5 mostly, right, with the um, the – the you know everyone is to submit to each other in love wives submit to your husband husbands love your wives yeah mm. that whole thing in ephesians 5 um but it's also in first corinthians 7 and, and you know it is a little bit mm. a, i guess it is a little bit there um i would say if seven is more about the necessity to be married mm-hmm. versus not being married um i'm not sure if it talks a ton about like submission it, well so when it when it tells you yeah no it says submit to your husband and and husband submit to your wife hmm. it's i think in it, seven yeah i think so maybe i uh, know it does talk about each woman having sex with their husband and each husband having sex with their yeah that wife maybe that's what i i in- interpret it as be. a submission yeah okay so in the context of like sexual intimacy it does i guess talk about that where it says like Women, you should have sex with your husband. Husbands, you should have sex with your wives. Don't withhold yourself from mm-hmm, one another. Mm-hmm. And and I consider that that is that is real. Yeah. That uh, that needs to be like that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I guess let's be honest. A lot of times, <laughs> the undergirding of saying wives submit to your husband is sexual in nature. I don't know if you've picked up on that messaging. I kind of have. Yes, but where... at the same time, so it's in the sexual innuendo. Yes. But also in in real life too, like yeah. submit yourself to your, you know, because even even here it says like you want to make your husband happy, yeah. and you follow what your husband do. When mm-hmm. when you get single, you don't want to make your husband happy because you don't have a husband, so you want to make the so Lord make God happy. happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. that's yeah. Okay, all right, cool. So I see what you're saying there now. Okay, so yeah, so First Corinthians seven talking about like, um, the wife. Uh, it's hard to say this without being, uh, you know, reductive, but um, I'm going to say it like this, a mutual responsibility mm-hmm. from the husband and the wife for their husband and wife's happiness, in particular mm-hmm. sexually. It could um, be sexually, it could be... In, it, it could also be non-sexually, yeah, yeah. but he does seem to specifically talk about sex yeah. in, in, in seven. Okay, cool. But then you talked about the creation order mm-hmm. where when Adam's created, and this is Genesis chapter two, where um he makes him by himself and yep. he noticed that every animal has their own correct yeah and they were not alone and then yep and the exact words uh would be and you know god saw adam and said mm-hmm. it's not good for a man to, be, to alone. be alone so let us you know and he makes woman and adam goes to sleep and woman is created and then adam says this is now bone of my bone flesh of my flesh yeah and um, and that's why supposedly the woman should be under the head of the man because the man is made by the image of God. 
Sure. And the woman is made by the image of the man. Yeah, so Paul's talking about that when he writes the words that you're saying right now, which are in, is that 11, I believe? Mm -hmm. In 11, 11. 1 Corinthians 11, which I did address in my solo podcast on uh, 1 Corinthians. Um, That's why, um, how do you say, the the head of the, the man is Jesus or God, and the head of the woman is the man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, it doesn't say that, but that's how it's no. taught often. Yeah. 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 So um I But that saw... doesn't mean that the woman is totally submissive to the man because as a virtuous uh, look, my brain is going everywhere. Yeah. So as a virtuous woman, they told you the woman the the perfect virtuous woman is yeah. the woman who practically help the man do everything at the house take yes, care of the kids right 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 yeah yeah and there's also like a over over enunciation of the english word help meet help meet yes yep and in, in spanish uh, the same thing and yeah. yes and there's a very heavy over interpretation for that mm-hmm. word um that and the funny part is in english well in the culture english in the english culture sorry yeah help me is the person like like it says in 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 the virtuous woman chapter in Proverbs, it's like mm-hmm. the woman, yes, she takes care of the house, she takes care of the kids, she takes care of the... Yes. But also takes care of the business of the yeah, house. Yeah, she's also going to the market. Exactly. Yeah, totally. She uh-huh. She's not only the mother... And this and, is Proverbs 31 that yes, we're talking about yes, now. Yes, we're talking about that. And yeah. it's not just the mother. Meanwhile, in, in, in the, the Spanish culture, it's just the mother, and she can't go to uh, mm-hmm. the market. She's... Yeah, it's a more, like, traditional... Yes. I guess might be the... Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah. you are just under your husband's will, and, uh, and, yeah. and he has to follow the will of the Lord, but you have to follow his lead. Yes. And I would say even, like, in American culture... Um, there's a lot of speaking out against that, but mm-hmm. I would say for the average person, their average the understanding is mm-hmm. still that traditional, mm-hmm. as I would say, especially in the church, um, that there is like this kind of what what you might call like sex roles mm-hmm. that like women have certain roles, men have certain roles, mm-hmm. and, and I don't call it sex roles. I call it like it's just it's true. The woman was created by being a help me. Mm-hmm. The help of the husband, because sure. he was the one to be the the leadership, the leader one in the animals. Mm. That's the way that I see it in Genesis. Mm-hmm. And the woman lead with him. Sure. But he still be the leader. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's so. Look at me. I just went yeah. from one thing to another. <laughs> no, it's all, but they're all connected. I guess. And, and me... when you say Ephesians, uh, submit, like I said, submit. Before I was, I was believing like. You know, I was being a little rebel in my house. Yeah. So, um, younger, my parents, my father, more than my mother. My father was like, why should I pay for your education when you're going to get married? Right. And you're going to be on their husband. Yeah. Uh, you know, head. And I took, I paid my education. Right. I went to school three times. Right. And three different degrees. Right. So, and I always, and when I was reading the Bible before, like, I'm telling you, this is new for me. Like, I read it in a different way. Right. I, in Ephesians, for me, it was like, the woman should submit to the husband. Sure. But I never saw, like, I never see in the moment, says that the husband should submit to the wife, too. Right. You know what I mean? Right. It was like, now I'm seeing this. Now it's, 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 I can say the Bible is alive. It's telling me. Yeah. 
stuff that I didn't see before. Yeah, and it's breaking cultural things that may mm. not have been quite right. Mm-hmm. And certainly when Paul writes 1 Corinthians, when he says that women are to submit themselves sexually to their husbands and husbands are to submit themselves sexually to the wives, that would have been culturally revolutionary mm-hmm. for the Corinthians as well because this traditional view that you're saying you were raised with was amplified even more mm-hmm. in in the in that culture, you know, the ancient Near East culture. The woman had no agency over no. her body at all. Um, and uh, here Paul is saying, yeah, husbands or, or wives should um, please their husbands. But then he's saying, like, husbands, though, also please their wives. should please, please their wives, right? Um, and that's, yeah, that's a big shift mm. in the paradigm. There is that part in 1 Corinthians 11, and I talked a little bit about this, but I like some of these more, like, nuanced conversations that Mm. a lot of people have like disagreements on how they work and all that. I don't always have like a clear answer, Mm -hmm. but I do like to throw like a wrench into it Mm. and say like, but it's like not the way that you think, but I can't necessarily give you a a perfect solution to it. Mm. But here's like a wrench. Here's like my wrench in first Corinthians 11. Mm. And that's when, um, when he's talking about how the man, uh, is the head of the wife. So, in verse 3, 11, 3, but I want you to know that Christ is the head of every man and the man is the head of the woman and God is the head of Christ. Every man who prays or prophesies with something on his head dishonors his own head. Every woman who prays or prophesies with her head uncovered dishonors her head since that is one and the same of having her head shaved. For if a woman doesn't cover her head and they keep going. Um, and then verse 7, a man should not cover his head because he's the image and glory of God. So too, woman is the glory of man. For man did not come from woman, but woman came from man. Neither was man created for the sake of woman, but woman for the sake of man. This is why a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head because of the angels in in the Lord. However, a woman is not independent of man, and man is not independent of woman. For just as woman came through man, so man comes through woman, and all things come from God. So the wrench is that most people don't read to the end of the passage. Mm-hmm. First of all, there's two things, big picture, going on in 1 Corinthians 11. The first one is that both men and women should be allowed to prophesy in the church. Yes. But the way that they do it might look different because of the context. Yes. So uh, um, yeah. I and I believe that also, even though uh, I I understand what the Bible tells you. And, and it's true. We were created to be the help me to help the husband. But at the same time, and it, it was that was before. Right. But mm-hmm. when. Christ came it was totally different stuff there were people there were disciples that were women yeah uh Tabitha you know right um Mary mm-hmm. so totally. all who 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 discovered that the, the body of Christ wasn't in the tomb was a woman once the what mm-hmm. were the yeah, women yeah absolutely first person to see the incarnate or the exactly. resurrected Jesus exactly. right so and my mom used to say when I was, that's, that's a little stupid, but my mom used to say, yes, we are, uh, the husbands are the head of the house, but the, the woman's the neck. <laughs> sure. So yeah. sometimes you have to, you know, show the head that you have to look at the right side. If he's looking at the left side and the left side is wrong. Yeah. Sometimes you, the woman has, um, I would say. You got to turn him away. Yeah. yeah. Help him. Yeah, <laughs> helping sure. to look sure. at the right side instead of the left side. Yeah, because uh, I think 
sometimes men get focused in one thing, meanwhile women see the perspective, I mm. think. I, mm. I see it in this in that way. <laughs> yeah. Well, and there I think that Paul is getting at that because he's mm-hmm. saying like, you know, yes, women came from men in the creation account, mm-hmm. but man all comes from women. Exactly. All of us are born from We're, women, right? Yeah. And so another thing that he's underpinning here is like men and women, both super important mm-hmm. and we need each other. Um, and um, one of the things that I learned also scientifically um, as, a, as a woman, as a, as, as a mother of a child, mm-hmm. scientifically discovered that the DNA of a mother, you can, when, when you got the baby for nine months, goes directly to the baby. Mm. And part of your DNA is in your baby. But also part of the kid's DNA goes to the mother until for life. Mm-hmm. So that's why sometimes mother tells you, I don't, I, like you said, how do you call it in English? Um, the your mother knows what she does. Your mother knows you. She 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 knows what happens to you. She, mm-hmm. Sometimes they call you and say, Hey, are you okay? I feel like I don't know. I feel in my yeah. heart that you don't feel good or whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah. It's because part of you is in her. You you got that. So woman. And also, when you have a relationship with a husband, part of his husband is in you. Mm-hmm. So th- that's why we are not supposed to go from man to man or from man to woman. Because when you, you know, how do you say in English? When you go together, mm-hmm. when you you have your, your sexual mm-hmm. relationships, you bond it in that way too, physically and, yeah, true. you know. Uh, your DNA is in you, the person, and in, in her DNA is in you. Yeah. So the woman practically takes all every, every single's DNA, kids, husband. <laughs> She's got it all. <laughs> yeah. So she has a like really big so responsibility. So it's very intuitive. Yeah. Yeah, because right. you feel it in your in your body. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Yeah. No, and I think that's we should be like honoring that. And so sometimes when we say like submit. Or we use mm. words like man is head of woman. We're like minimizing what the woman is doing. Um, I, I don't, well, well, I'm telling you coming from another culture, coming from another an, another perspective. Mm-hmm. I don't think we undermine, well, yes. Um, I don't think that I was undermined mm. in my life. Because let's be serious. Yes, it's true in my country. I don't know in other countries, in other, in other situations. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, the husband is the head of the house. But in reality, I believe that it was a matriarch because, mm-hmm. yes, my father was the person who went out and get the money, who made the last decision. Yeah. Right? But my mom was the one who, my father was a Marine, like a merchant Marine. Yeah. So we see my father twice a year. Mm. So my mother was the one who run the house like yeah. a virtuous woman like right, right, right. like the bible said she yeah, runs the house she take, yeah, yeah very like my mom was to the t wow okay my my father was going work make the money yeah he put his money in my mother's hands my yeah. mother was an excellent money management person okay we had what we have because of my mother taking care of the money i don't think my father my father was a little he was very generous with the family yeah so <laughs> If my father had the money in his hands, we probably we didn't have what we had when we were kids. Got it. Yeah, okay. So my mother was the one who, like I said, for me, yes, she was a wife. She was a 
housewife. She never worked because sure. my father didn't want her to work. Yeah, yeah. Well, never worked with quotations, right? Exactly. Yeah, with right. quotations, it was she never worked. But yeah. I saw as a child, mm-hmm. as my brother too, I saw as a child, my mother was the one who uh, take care of us. Yeah. Take care of the house. Take care of the money of the house. Right. She was the one who decided who she was the one who bought the houses that we had in the time. Yeah. She was the one who take care of that, uh, all the finances. Right. My father came twice a year. Mm-hmm. And she did. I feel she did like, okay, your father is coming. Mm-hmm. Okay. We have to put a labor for your father to do at home so he doesn't feel bad. Yeah. So was what was my father uh, said? Oh, you need to go and pay the taxes at the town hall. Sure. And I want you to paint the house in a certain color, and I can't do it. Meanwhile, the whole year she changed already three times the house paint. <laughs> right. Right. Because she didn't like the colors. Right. You yeah. Know what she I mean? can do it. It's yeah. Okay. So in my in my in my life in my opinion, yes, we are. My my thing is like we are not submissive wives. Yeah. We are help me. Yeah. We are the person. Yeah, it's like a partnership. Yes, a partnership. Yeah, whatever. Like my mom used to say, uh, in between a husband and wife, you have to give, people says you have to give 50% of each to make 100. Mm-hmm. But for her to ask says like, you have to give 100%. Yeah, for sure. Your husband has to give 100, you have to give 100. If your husband did, get, did just 80, you give it 120%. Mm. So whatever he's lacking, you have to put on it. Sure. So sure. I never seen a woman as a submissive woman. I see like, I, I see really see, yes, you're my husband. You're the head of my house. I let you take the last decision. I, mm-hmm. I, I, you are the one who takes the last decision. But yeah. before I, you take the last decision, this is, my mom used to say, well, if we go this way, this, this, and this happens. Right. And if you go this way, this is not good. Sure. You know, and you take the last decision. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. You know, the advisor. Like, right. I don't, I always see, supposedly we are in a patriarchy. He was the one who, t- but in my opinion, she was more, it was more like a matriarchy. She takes mm-hmm. care of everything. Right. And my father comes and she gave him his place right. as a husband, as a head of the house. Right. But I see like the woman takes more action in it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So maybe it would be fair to say, and you let me know if this is a good description, but there is a submission in the sense that yes. she's given the you know final like authority maybe to the y- husband. Yes. Right? Yeah. But there's not a diminishing of her role. No. And there's a great deal of respect for her. Yes. Um, even even when my father retired, like that was in my country. I, I'm telling you what's yes, it's true. We are submissive, and I was I was raised like that. You're supposed to you you're supposed to let your husband take the last decision. Sure. He, he is the head of the house. He's taking care of your house. My my problem with that was why I cannot work. Why mm. I cannot make my own money. Sure. You sure. know what I mean. Would you say that that's like common in all households though to say that the the wives can't work because i mean i definitely like know a lot of spanish wives that are working well when you come to united states yes it's different but But also in 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 ecuador now the woman works because it's necessary Mm -hmm. like but still the woman takes that yeah you have to go to work but when you come home the house is your rules the how you 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 take care of the house you know what i mean Yeah, yeah yeah like so you got double responsibility yes, then if you, you have got a job. Sometimes triple responsibility. Got it. 
because sometimes husbands, when you got kids also, yeah, they are like, take care of your kid. I don't want to talk to him. Uh, <laughs> you it. know what I mean? Okay. You know, yeah. They have a lot of stuff going on. Yes, it is. I mean, so there's a, in First Corinthians 11, instead of, so we, we will often talk about husband was created first, mm-hmm. wife from the husband, mm-hmm. and there's like a hierarchy there, God, husband, wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a very popular graphic going around right mm-hmm. now because of all like the stuff that's going on with the Duggars. There's like a TV series going on and they're essentially like flaming the guy that <laughs> came up with this graphic. And they should because it's a it's a terrible yeah, paradigm. I remember that. <laughs> so, um but instead actually what Paul does when he talks about that the husband being created first, the fact that the woman is created from the man mm-hmm. is actually giving her greater authority in some way. And that's literally what the verse says, right? Like um in verse 7 and 8 or i'm sorry in verse 10 this is why a woman should have a symbol of authority on her head because the angels Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. like that's just what the verse says Mm -hmm. so there's and i I also think that the woman has a greater authority because we are the ones who well not me but we are the ones who got the the babies in our bellies for Mm -hmm. so many months we're the ones who you know, you you and your wife will procreate a baby, and your wife, yeah, are gonna have this baby. Where is Jesus come from? The word from a woman, right? You know what I mean, right? So I think that's a very big, yeah, it's a big, big part of it. Yeah. So there's actually like an honoring mm-hmm. of women that's happening in 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 chapter eleven, which mm-hmm. is just to me it's weird because I've heard so many people talk about eleven to do the exact opposite. Mm-hmm. of what Paul's trying to do with chapter 11, where he's trying to honor women in the creational scheme. Mm-hmm. And I think what you're describing is, like you are describing what I would call like a complementarian view of how marriage mm-hmm. should be. Where I it think is... that's what I say. Like, um, in my opinion, the way that I was raised, I was raised, uh, God, I, I see it like, a, like, okay, let's see it like an umbrella. Mm-hmm. God is on an umbrella. Right. He covers two people. Yes. At the same time. Yes, right. The husband and the wife. Right. You know what I mean? Yes, not He's... like umbrella. And this is the graphic is like an umbrella. Mm-hmm. I saw that. And then that under that, there's the, the husband man. umbrella. Yeah. And then and the husband umbrella covers the wife mm-hmm. umbrella. Mm-hmm. And you're saying what, what you, even though you were raised in a complementarian mm-hmm. environment where the husband had the final authority, mm-hmm. it was still like God. And but then it's do, two people do, under that. Did he have the, the final authority? Because like I told you before... My mom was sitting down with my father, even in financial status, when my father said, hey, I want to buy this. I want to buy this house. Yeah. And I want to get it. And my mom would be like, well, if we buy this house, <laughs> right. this and this will happen. Right. And right now we have this other thing that we have to fulfill. Right. And he would be like, but I want to buy that. And, and she would be like, yeah, we can buy it later. Sure, sure. Yeah, it sounds like yeah. it was still like joint decision making exactly it's it, that's the way that it's, it, it's true the husband is the one who is who makes the ants meet he's one the one who goes out yeah. and and make the life possible yeah yeah you know what i mean right but can he do that at the same time make the financial decision of the house and at the same time take care of the kids yeah you know no they had different roles yeah there are different roles and but they are all together they are the same yes. kind of 
Right. And God will cover both. You yes. know what I mean? Right, right, and right. at the same time, when whatever happens between Adam, Eve, and the Lord, mm-hmm. when Adam goes, well, she gave me the food. Yeah, yeah. God was like, yeah, but you ate it. You you participated. You Correct. did both the, the both things at the same time. So you, you Correct. know, it's not like he put her down first. Yeah. He put him first. Yeah, and if you're if you're buying the paradigm mm-hmm. that the man is supposed to lead the woman, mm-hmm. um, and I don't, I don't. And, if I tell you the truth, I, um, I'm let's let's be serious. Like, as a woman, as a single woman, uh, I'm I'm considering myself right now my own sole provider. Well, right. God is my sole provider. But sure, sure, sure. I'm my own sole provider in physically. Yes. God is the one who. Gave me everything. Yeah, yeah. You're the one sustaining yes. your household. Yeah, exactly. But I'm the one who works. So I'm I'm masculine and I'm feminine at the same time. Sure. Yeah. In their traditional. In the traditional views. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But if I get married and I have a husband, and he's gonna take the masculine or the I know you. Yeah, traditionally masculine. Sure. Yes. Yep. Exactly. Or or the leadership. Uh huh. Uh, I will let him because that's what I race for. Sure, I sure. will give my opinion. I will be uh, like my mother was. You yeah. know, I, I, I believe in the virtue of women. I believe in the Proverbs 31 woman. Yeah. That's my lead. But at the same time, if my husband gets sick, mm-hmm. if my husband can't do it anymore, right? who's going to do it? Right, right. So I, I see, I understand the submission and all these things that the Bible tells you, but at the same time, I understand that there's ways to change. Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's not so like strict. It's not strict, exactly. And there's also like even just difference on the interpretation too, mm-hmm. and how much of like what, like you're describing your the the traditional roles where, you know, the, the husband is maybe breadwinner mm-hmm. is the 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 best word in this to use in there. this era. There's two breadwinners. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Because you can't like yeah. afford. To oh, no, not you can't. Have you you need to work. Yeah. Right. It's crazy, but um, but if you have that, you know, and it's like, okay, how much of that is mandated by scripture, and how much of it is a cultural thing? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would even just describe like a preference, like what you're describing right now, where like if you got married because of how I was raised, I feel like I would do this. To me, it's like that sounds like a preference that you yeah, would even this have. Preference, you know? Yeah. Because and I, I was raised, wrong with that. and I was raised to be, uh, like you know, it's I would feel weird, yeah, <laughs> you know, because I was ra- like my mother used to say, like my I was ra- even my brother, my brother's the breadwinner of the house right now. His wife stay home with the kids. Yeah, she homeschooled him. Right, and we he follows to the T. Yeah, you know what I mean. I think if I get married, mm-hmm. I don't think I will stay home. Mm-hmm. I won't be staying home. Like, because I know how important it is right now mm-hmm. to follow uh, a financial, you know, home. It's impossible to one person to be just a breadwinner. Yeah. So, right. But I will respect my husband and I will follow his lead because that's what I was raised to. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's great, and I think this was a cool conversation. Oh well, but, we went we went from Corinthians to another place. <laughs> well, yeah, but it's I think it's relevant mm-hmm. in Corinthians because Corinthians does contain some of these passages that mm-hmm. speak to this. I think the the key though, and I think this is a good way to kind of put a bow on it, you know, and that is 
when you engage the scriptures, so like you say you're engaging, we've been talking through 1 Corinthians 11, mm-hmm. we talked through 1 Corinthians 7. When you engage that scripture, we're going to bring our culture and our preferences mm-hmm. and all the things we were raised with, we're going to bring those to the text. And the question is... And I like the one when you said the he honoring the woman mm-hmm. when other cultures doesn't. Yes. I like that. Yes. So the question is, what of our upbringing culture, what we were raised with, our own ideas, how much of that is actually um, mandated by the scripture? So where is like the scriptural minimum? So is there, is it mandated that marriage between husband and wife should look this way? Or is that a cultural thing that's allowed by scripture? Mm -hmm. um, And can other paradigms be allowed? And I think for you, I think you would everything definitely is affirm. lawful. Yeah, I think you would be down. Everything is not edifying us. <laughs> there may be bad and yeah, yeah, better and not and less less good. But I don't think that you're at all saying that this paradigm that I was raised mm-hmm. with, um, with this husband and wife, different mm-hmm. roles. Um, I don't think that you're at all saying this is what First Corinthians prescribes. Like every marriage has to look. No, like this. I and 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 like I told you before, as a as a personal uh, experience. I saw both sides of yeah. I saw both sides of the spectrum. I saw the breadwinner, the leadership, the father figure. Yeah. But also when my father got the first um the first stroke and the second stroke, mm. I saw the shifting yeah. of the leadership. I saw my mother going for the first time to work. Yeah. To be the breadwinner. Right. And, you know, I saw both sides. Yeah. And I think it's, like you say, it's a matter of preference. It's a matter, it's a matter of honoring your husband, honoring mm-hmm. your marriage. Yes. But if you have to step inside and step up, step up yeah. you have to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. definitely. I feel like you, through this conversation, what I'm realizing is that you're theologically, um, your theology is starting to make sense of what you've seen growing up mm-hmm. and seeing this whole like mutual submission and then be like, wait a second, that's kind of what my parents were doing. Mm-hmm. And I didn't necessarily have words for it. It doesn't say it. It, it, it didn't say it at the time because yeah. when you're, when I was younger, I was like, you're, sub- to, you're supposed to be submissive. You're supposed to do this. You're supposed to do right. that. Your husband is this, this and this. But then I see like now I was like, it's not, it's not yeah. what I thought it was. Right. Right. Yeah. Your, the- your theological categories are expanding. And that it makes better sense of reality mm-hmm. to understand what the scripture is actually trying to do. Talking about mutual submission, mm-hmm. talking about honoring women, um, even even in a traditional paradigm. Um, and I think that's really beautiful that mm-hmm. scripture can do that because it, it helps us process what we've seen. And I like, this is my favorite part, is that now you've done critical thinking about what you would want to do mm-hmm. were you to get married. And um, that is like vital. That's so important. And ultimately, that's the benefit of theology is not just that we know things or even not just that we know things that the Bible says, but that we're able to practically apply them and follow Jesus Mm -hmm. in whatever circumstance we have. And I feel like your theological categories of mutual submission especially has now kind of led you to a place of, okay, I think I understand Mm -hmm. what I would want to do. In my marriage, yeah. In, in my yeah. marriage, yeah. If exactly. I get married. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Same. Right, <laughs> right. But ultimately, I think we, we spoke to it earlier in the podcast, is that 
the goal is to abide with God, right? Mm-hmm. And to um, and, and and that's that's what it hits me more. Like when I when I told you, like we have to abide to His plans, abide to His will. That's what hits me. I told you that was my challenge, my yeah. surprise, and my challenge. Yeah, that we have to abide to His will, no matter what the will it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even if it doesn't match our plans all the mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's tough. I'm right there with you. <laughs> Especially when you're a planner and an overthinker like me. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, totally. Well, thank you so much for this conversation. I feel like we really did a did a lot of deep theology t- together. <laughs> so thank you. Sorry about my brain. My brain goes everywhere I know. <laughs> no, that's okay, because I think that's how the listeners are too, is that their brains might also be going. So I'm sure somebody out there has done the same circuit path that you just took when, you, when we were going and through go all the scriptures. I go from Genesis to Corinthians, Corinthians, Ephesians. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's all over the place. <laughs> but good for you for taking all those passages into account and really trying to think through them and saying, essentially... God, I want to do what honors you. Yes. What, what makes honors what, you've my, what makes his glory glorified. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And that's exactly what we should be doing. That's the whole point of mm-hmm. doing theology in the first place. So mm. good job. Mm. You've been listening to the Unison Church podcast. If you're a Christ follower, I hope this has encouraged you to grow closer, not only to him, but also to his family. May we unite in our allegiance to him and raise our voices together to worship Yahweh. If you're not a Christ follower, I hope that this has represented Christ well to you. May this spark your curiosity towards Jesus and his people. In any case, I hope you'll connect with us again here on the podcast and share it with a friend. You can find links in the show notes if you'd like to reach out to us through other ways as well. Thanks for listening, and I look forward to being with you again soon.